Hey, welcome to Junk Foodies. This is JP. On your inaugural podcast, we're going to be talking about Haritos Pineapple, Cool Ranch Doritos, and Hershey's Gold Caramelized Cream with Peanuts and Pretzels. I'm joined today by my brother, Sam. Let's get right into it. and a sweet snack of Hershey's Gold Pretzel and Peanut Bar. Sam, how are you doing today? Oh, it's been a busy one, but uh, I'm looking forward to some sodium and sugar intake, which should be happening. We'll definitely give you your daily recommended allowance and then some of sodium, sugar, and corn-based products. I uh, Actually, I think the Doritos, uh, am I saying that right? It's been a long time since high school Spanish. Is it, I guess it's Haritos, right? I would imagine it is, but I only live in Southern California. I don't actually speak Spanish. (laughs) Yeah, you took that that really useful uh, language class of French in high school. That's us. Yeah, I did three years of French, man. I could go to Paris and ask where the bathroom is. That has served you really well. Um, okay, well, uh, for the Spanish speakers in the audience, uh, please uh, feel free to email me and, and tell me how I can do a better job at pr- pronouncing that. Uh, I'll give you the email address later. Um, in the meantime, we'll just call it that Mexican pineapple drink. Um, so, <laughs> a beloved Mexican yes. pineapple drink. So, Sam, you're in Southern California, as you mentioned. Um, you uh, I, have I already told people that you're my brother? Well, if I haven't, you did mention that. Okay. Yes, as I we've established as I get older and, and the brain is as clogged as the arteries, um, I, I seem to forget these things. So, if you need to remind me from time to time that you are my brother and not just you know some random stranger on the internet, then uh, please feel free to do so. Yeah, I'll work thanks, on sir. That. You think corn syrup adds plaque to the brain? I'm not really sure, but I'm sure there's probably been some sort of study. Uh, I bet Marianne Williamson would have something to say about that. <laughs> so this is that's gonna be that's that comment's gonna be relevant for like yeah really, we're going really topical here. we're going really topical this is what you call an evergreen podcast like it's never gonna go in style <laughs> so uh later i'll be dancing the macarena and uh listening to some ace of bass oh wow junior high yeah Taking that's it right so anyway, uh, you mentioned being in Southern California. So I, of course, uh, for those of you who don't know, am uh, in Canada. I am a dual citizen living up here. Uh, so it took a little bit. Neighbors, to, neighbors the north. to the north. North of the wall. Took a little bit of hmm. uh, working today to find uh, junk food that we have on both sides of the border. But uh, we managed to do it. So I thank you for your patience with that. Um. And uh, you are in Southern California. We, of course, grew up in Central California, but you've been down there for quite a while now. How long have you lived uh, kind of in the Los Angeles slash Hollywood area? Well, on and off since 2003, I guess it would be. So what, 16 years? Wow. Time flies. (laughs) Yeah, it does. I moved away for a little bit, but it it drew me back. So you you couldn't stay away from the huge wildfires and... uh, homeless people urinating occasional earthquakes and, yeah the, the earthquakes and the, and the potential big one coming around the corner 
the, the, the urinating in the streets isn't really just a Southern California thing. You know, we can find that elsewhere. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. You don't have to look too hard. No, for I went to school in New York and I saw that and more. It was uh, it was quite exciting. And look, all of a sudden on a food podcast, we're talking about public urination. So I think let's yeah, shift. That's good. I seem to recall our mother warning you about <laughs> going to New York because people would go to the bathroom on the sidewalks. And I'm sure at the time we didn't believe her. I thought she was just being hysterical. But uh, it, it turns out... <laughs> It's it's <laughs> it's so quaint to me that that was her biggest concern. Not that I would be mud or um, you know hit by a car or you know mm. trying to cross the crosswalk or you know get addicted to heroin. No, you might see somebody using the bathroom in the streets. Anyway, um, yeah, well, she had her priorities straight. That's right. That's right. God bless her. Um, so you're in Southern California now. You. Uh, without getting into any um, specific names, lest we set off the antenna of uh, the litigious types, you worked for a company that's a, a major Hollywood studio um, and has some other properties as well. It doesn't just make movies. It's kind of in the entertainment and, I guess, hospitality business. Um, <laughs> you're no longer doing that, so that's uh, congratulations. Let's, let's just say it's one of the largest media companies okay. in the world. <laughs> All right, we'll say that. Um, and is oftentimes referred to as the, or one of their properties is referred to as one of the happiest places in the world. Um, so I imagine, or the happiest place on earth, I believe, is uh, um, I'm probably going to get in trouble for trademark infringements. So um, I'll be uh, contacting my lawyer after this is done recording. But um, yes, Always was. yes, absolutely. To this podcast that only nine people are going to listen to. Um, <laughs> so you worked at the happiest place on earth. Was it as happy as they make it out to be? Was it, was it the happiest job you've ever had? You're no longer there. So I have a feeling I know the answer. It was not. <laughs> Uh, it was actually one of the most toxic work environments I've ever been in. I, I, and I've worked some pretty shitty <laughs> jobs. But uh, yeah, that was that had some creature comforts. There were certainly some things that came along with it, but the people there were miserable. Huh. And I can't say that about the entire company. That might have just been the particular place I was in in that company. But yeah, there were just people who had been there a long time who were tremendously unhappy, and they let you know it, and then they try to make you unhappy too because. They weren't just they weren't just happy enough to sit in their own right. misery. They had to make you part Not of the human condition. I I yes, should make it clear again, being as vague as possible, that you were not working in, uh, you know, selling drinks or you know, in working in the hot sun, wearing a costume or anything like that. That you were in a more professional capacity there. Um, oh yeah. So yeah, I worked in a windowless oh, room. That, that sounds great. <laughs> Already, it sounds like the happiest <laughs> place on earth. Sunlight. Who needs that? Uh, we had the light of our computer screens. <laughs> you guys look like the underbellies of fish, and uh, you all hate each other. But hey, you got the light of your computer screen. Now, uh, shifting gears because this is a, a food podcast. Um, if we think of that property, that that happiest place on earth, was there any particular um, food there that? Because uh, I know you had access to that uh, for, I believe, a discount, or you were allowed in for free, right? Um, certain properties I was allowed in for free, yes. Was there a, a certain uh, food? Like I know, for example, they have like the, the big turkey wing or the uh, the Dole Whip I, I keep hearing about on the internet. I've never had it myself. Was there anything in particular that you were a huge fan of? You know what I was a huge fan of, which I wouldn't get on the place I was let in for free, or rather I get at my work commissary at the location mm. I worked at. That was the, the chef there had developed a vegan chili. 
which was just chili beans and a tomato-based sauce with a lot of hearty vegetables huh. in it. And this stuff was just magically delicious. I love this stuff. I would, I would go into the cafeteria because they serve it on Fridays. I'd go in there on Friday. For the Catholics. And I'd, uh, I'd stock up on this stuff and take it home for the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'd take it home for the weekend and I'd have, you know, just these, these awesome chili sitting in my fridge for several huh. days. And, you know, I'd make things out of it, serve it with rice or have it on tortillas as a burrito or right. something. But See, I didn't, I love this I'm story. actually learning something. I didn't realize that you had like a, a commissary with an actual chef there. That's, uh, that's kind of interesting. We had two commissaries actually on the property that I worked at because it was, there's enough employees there that they warranted a second one. Right. Wow. So, so big operation. Yeah. Yeah. Fairly, fairly large. I mean, it, it's a small footprint, but there's a lot of people there and a lot of people moving in and out every day. So, you know, they got to make sure that they get fed. I mean, occasionally productions would come in and they bring their own food, but uh, we weren't allowed to go near those because, you know, that belongs to the TV show or the commercial or whatever is right. there. I guess back in the day, they used to let people who, well, who worked certain jobs <laughs> uh, that were permanent employees of the studio yeah. lot uh, to, to go in and do that. But I guess uh, too many people in my subsection took advantage ah. of it. And so they got a talking to and then everyone had to stop. There's always a, a few uh, bad apples that ruin it for the whole bunch, huh? Yeah, that, that is often the case. Now, <laughs> you, so you mentioned vegan chili, which uh, uh, I'm sure it was delicious, but wouldn't... Uh, in my mind count is that actually sounds like health food. So was there anything? Well, I'll tell you what, actually, I'm, I'm going to go cut ahead. you off there because I like this chili so much. I actually emailed the chef to ask him what the <laughs> recipe was. And he came back to me, this tomato based chili. You want to, you want to know where the tomatoes came from? Ketchup. <laughs> yeah, that's right. There's like six <laughs> cups of ketchup in this stuff. That's fantastic. You emailed the chef and it turned out he was just a janitor, like filling in some extra hours <laughs> on his off day. Right. I don't know. He was trying to clean his mop out, and he's like, wait a minute, I could put this in the <laughs> I just use a knife and open the bag, and I turn on the oven. That's all I do. <laughs> no, that's talking uh, okay. about Okay, okay, oh, that's, that's a different episode. All right. Um, okay, cool. Well, I, and, and so you're no longer there, and uh, you're no longer uh, working in the entertainment industry. You've kind of moved on after having done that for, for a number of years. Um, and now you're in, um, uh, dare I say, uh, a, a law enforcement agency of some type doing, again, you're not carrying a gun or anything, but you're doing more on the administrative side. And, and how are you liking work? Uh, I'm liking work a lot better now. Thanks for asking. It's, uh, it is certainly working for the man, yeah. but uh, I guess my last job was also working for the man, just a different. Man. Right. <laughs> Um, but I don't mind it because I actually take a lot of pride in the work I do. I'm fairly new to it. I've only recently transferred over there, but, um, I worked for this organization before and, uh, really good people work there, uh, whether they wear the uniform or not, generally speaking, they're, they're what I'd like to call the salt of the okay. earth, not the kind of salt you put in. Your right. Not the kind of salt we'll be ingesting in about 10 minutes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, I'm just, just bag of chips as I am, you man. I'm, I'm getting yeah, hungry. Yeah, I haven't, uh, I, geez, it's probably been a good 20 years since I've had a Cool Ranch Doritos, so, not that I haven't eaten Doritos, I'm, I'm certainly no health nut, but, um, I haven't had a Cool Ranch in a while, so I'm kind of looking forward to this, uh, with some trepidation. You <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and I both. <laughs> uh, so with the, uh, with the law enforcement folks, um, is it true the, uh, the, the stereotype about them eating donuts all the time is, is that happening there or um is it because you're like closer to beverly hills are they eating like macarons or what's going on there in the coffee room <laughs> ah, ah. no i work up in the mountains oh, okay. so uh, i'm not that close to beverly hills <laughs> the, the mountains aren't all that far away from 
you know, LA is kind of right. everything, but, um, uh, you know, it's funny you mentioned that the first day I was there, there was a box of donuts okay. there. Um, and I was like, Oh, okay. But that was like for the office personnel. Right. But I, uh, was actually just at work last week. They had a training day. And I guess when training days come around, they want to give them a little sugar pop to keep their eyes open. So there was a very large box of donuts in the training room where all the officers were getting their instruction. And uh, I was like, well, maybe uh, I don't feel like these guys keep in pretty good yeah. shape. So maybe they can pack away a few donuts and not have to worry about it. But by and large, I don't see them eating a whole lot of that. In fact, one of the, um, I want to say one of the sergeants there is a vegan, which I was really surprised wow. to hear. I guess when, you, when you're a sergeant, you have a lot more death duty. You occasionally go out in the field, but not as yeah. often. Uh, but uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's pretty health conscious. And so that's, uh, and I was like, I, you don't think of police officers and vegans kind of going hand in hand. Like I, well, where we were raised, you know, the vegans were the right. hippies who usually would protest the cops. So it was uh, kind of a unique thing to see that it's become such a mainstream diet option. Yeah. You know, it's funny you say that because as soon as you said a vegan cop, I kind of went like, oh, that's different. But like, why should it be? Like, why should that be any different than, you know, a cop who's watching a sodium or eating low carb or, or any other dietary option. Um, right. And there's a lot of low carb guys there too. That's really popular. This paleo yeah. kick that a lot of us are on. Right. I think you were on that kick for a while yourself. If I'm yeah. Honest. I've been on and off of it. Paleo keto, um, that, that whole thing, obviously I'm very far away from it now with what we're doing, but uh, we'll see if I can somehow juggle <laughs> healthy eating with also a regular podcast where I'm forced quote unquote to eat um, junk food. Um, have you ever done the whole vegan thing? Did you ever experiment with that? I feel like you had a girlfriend once that was, was vegan or am I mistaking you with somebody else? I don't think I had a girlfriend that was vegan. Um, that would have made eating yeah. hard. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I had vegan meals. I do like vegan things. I mean, it's, you know, it's just sans animal yeah. products. So it's not like we eat stuff like that every day, but doing that all the time, I think would be hard for me. I, I shouldn't say that. If I if I was disciplined about it, it would be easy, especially living in a big city. You have a lot right. of options. And nowadays, even the grocery stores have a bunch of options because they realize it's such a mainstream yeah. thing. But no, I've never done the vegan thing, you know, with uh, with any kind of gusto. Uh, I will occasionally order something that's vegan because it sounds good to me, but uh, I like my yeah. meat too. I just don't eat a lot of meat. I, I do like meat, but it's not something I often see. Have of. you ever done the vegetarian thing uh, for an extended period or is it just like every couple of meals or something? I was trying to. I think I got about okay. A All right, <laughs> vegetarianism. Before I was like, yeah, this is getting a little boring. I gotta, I gotta get some meat juice. All right. So as as your um, the high school yearbook said, you were uh, you know always uh, most committed to the cause for about seven days. <laughs> for about seven days, yes. For that seven day war, I could do really well. But man, come day number eight, well, I guess we're losing losing Ouch. that one. All right. Um, well, let me uh, jump into the, the questions part of the, uh, of the podcast. Oops, sorry for that background noise there. Um, would you consider yourself a sweet tooth or more of a savory person? More of a savory. I do have a, I, I actually don't eat a lot of candy. That's not something I'm really mm. big on. Um, not to say I don't have my weaknesses, but like buying this stuff today, I was looking at it and I was like, man, I never buy candy bars. Like, like, what am I doing paying money for this? This is just bizarre to me. Or buying a soda. I was like, this is a bottle of just pure sugar. Like, why Why would I want to drink this ever? Uh, it's not something that I've ever been a huge fan of. That That being said, I do have my weaknesses. Mm. Uh, I have a weakness for uh, Girl Scout cookies. Do they have Girl Scout cookies up there? They do, although they call them Girl Guides in Canada. Hmm. 
Girl guides. Yeah, like not girl scouts. Girl guide cookies. Well, either one works. It makes them sound... The guides sound more like leaders, whereas the scouts sound more like the people who clear the trail There you go. Um, but uh, Thin Mint cookies from the Girl Scouts awesome, are delicious. Yeah. And I actually had one of those today because I needed a little sugar pick-me-up. Occasionally, I will rely on sugar. I, so I don't really drink caffeine, right? right? So I, I kind of rely on sugar and dark chocolate to take the place of caffeine when I'm feeling a little tired. Oh, well, technically, dark chocolate I has some... some caffeine in it. So I guess you're getting a little bit there. But you're, you're pretty sensitive to right. it. I'm so sensitive to it that chocolate will last me a couple of hours. Like it will give me a boost for a few hours, which is really wow. nice. I'm happy about that. But I do have a small stash of uh, Thin Mints frozen in my freezer that I bought during Girl Scout cookie time. And I, I mean, I, I really hoard these things. Like I'll eat one every month or something. Uh, but uh, yeah, they last, they last me a good long while. But yeah, I like those. And I do like having a good milkshake or a good scoop of ice cream from time to okay. time. Okay. Where you, uh, the fact that you can keep a box of cookies in the freezer for months at a time tells me that, you know, where you lack in follow through on vegetarianism, you certainly have the willpower to, uh, to avoid sweets. I'd, I'd probably eat that in about a weekend. So, um, well done. Okay. So you're more of a savory person. Um, by the way, uh, side note, have you, there is a, although it sounds like it's fairly easy for you to get Girl Scout cookies, but there is a, um, something called a product called Oreo Thins. And they are Oreo cookies that are enrobed in chocolate. And there's a mint version that to me, uh, I mean, I haven't had a Girl Scout in years, but to me, it tastes how I remember a thin mint uh, Girl Scout cookie tasting. So if you can't find your Girl Scout cookies, uh, check out those. I think it's called Oreo Thin Mints, um, the mint flavor. So they're not thin mints, thin Oreo Thins. Oreo Thins. I just thought the Oreo Thins was just really thin cookies. They're actually covered in chocolate. Well, I think there might be an Oreo Thin covered in chocolate, and then another one that's not. I think the um, the one that is comes like in a like a almost like a resealable bag, like with a Ziploc liner on top. Um, whereas right. the Oreo Thins come in a, in a package like a, a package of cookies. Um, so I could totally be butchering the name. Um, not, I guess really relevant to what we're talking about here but uh, anyway keep an eye out for those whatever i think the corn syrup and i'm starting to have (laughs) (laughs) we're having technical difficulties oh sorry about uh, that uh am i doing now you sound very okay. loud now. All right. This is the, the scintillating stuff people turn into is the, uh, can you hear me now? Um, so the product is actually called, now this may only be in Canada. I don't know if you have it there, but it's Oreo Thins Bites Fudge Dip Mint Cream. So. Huh. Lord, that sounds, that sounds terrible. <laughs> Tastes good though. So you're a, a savory right. guy. What would you say is your favorite treat? What's your, your go-to, the thing you like the most? I'm a big fan of tortillas. Okay, just like by themselves? Flour tortillas. Oh, melted cheese, man. I'm a quesadilla, <laughs> man. I, uh... I was going to say, I just see with a bag of tortillas just munching on them raw. And I, I'm so lazy about doing dishes that I just pop a tortilla into my toaster oven and put some cheese on top of it and just toast it okay. pretty fast. And uh, perfect quesadilla, no pan needed. See? All Easy right. Piece. Just like the uh, the vegan chef with the uh, ketchup chili there. You, uh, you've got yeah, all the exactly. tricks, all I the do. shortcuts. Perfect. Thanks. That's my easygoing snack when I don't know what else to eat, but uh, I'm a big fan of fruits and veggies, you know, like actual things okay. that grow. When I, when I don't have that in the house, I always seem to have tortillas, so that's always a good thing. So that's kind of like my junk snack food, like when I don't know what else right. to eat. 
when I am feeling motivated, I'll make myself a, like, I'll make a really good ramen. I think I've perfected a fairly decent ramen dish or actually it's more like a, okay, now you're going to have to help me with this because I know you have your oh, pronunciation. How do, you, how do you pronounce the Vietnamese soup? It's pho, like fun with the N taken off the end of it. You sure it's not pho? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. I don't know where you got that pronunciation, but if that's how you want to say it, that's fine. I just think now, you know what? I, that being said, I think Vietnamese is a very tonal language. Um, and so uh, pho, like fun, is probably not quite accurate either. You might be closer to accurate than I am, for all I know. I just know all people who I mean, don't speak Vietnamese say it like pho, but um, I know that. I'm certain. I'm certain I had that soup long before I lived in LA, yeah. but for a time in LA, I was eating it in Koreatown. So it could be that if that's it with a Korean accent or something. Okay. Well, something else for us to follow up on is the proper pronunciation of pho, or how do you say it? Pho. Pho. <laughs> it, it could just be them attempting to speak in English yeah. while trying to talk about the soup. So it's just, I'm just saying it with a really bad Korean or Vietnamese accent. Oh, oh, I don't know, something like that. Anyway, this is turning into a, a very rapidly turning into a racist podcast. <laughs> we, we know which one of us lives in America. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, you're in a blue state. All is forgiven. Um, so you, you said you make... I wanted to jump back on something you said about the Oreos. Go I ahead. remember back in the day, in that small hometown that we came from, when they opened the very first Cold Stone Creamery there. Have you been to that place? I have. I don't... It wasn't uh, there before I left for school. So before I left for New York, uh, there was no Cold Stone there. I didn't know Cold Stone existed yet. I was like in the late 90s. Um, but yeah, I was in, I want to say I was in college before that came around. Like maybe like, it might have been like year 2000 when that showed okay, up. Okay, and talk to me about Cold Stone. What, the, what are you thinking about that? Well, <laughs> back then it was amazing because it was like a playground of ice cream. Right. And, you know, that, that's, you know, ice cream is one of my weaknesses. So I go in there and just mix stuff up and have a great time. Mm-hmm. But uh, a friend of mine mentioned that she liked going in there and getting fuck. What was it? She got like, yeah, she get pho from Cold Stone. <laughs> Turns out it was a Vietnamese family right that particular Cold Stone, and they ran a kitchen in the back. <laughs> uh, but uh, she would get like the mint flavored ice cream because I think they had a mint yeah. taste, and she'd get it with Oreo cookies, and she called it the Orient or Ori Mint, I think. <laughs> and that was her little her little play on it on words. Which come to think of it, that also sounds pretty racist. Hey, <laughs> we're going three for three. I was gonna say. Uh, uh, like as soon as I heard Orient, I was like, I don't know that we use that word anymore. But uh, that was in the past. Um, you know, Cold Stone is uh, kind of a mixed bag for me. I, I feel like it's similar to like whenever I eat Ben and Jerry's, which isn't often. I get a little bit of topping overload. Like I almost prefer like uh, you know just a simple ice cream or maybe like one mix in. But when you have like three or four things, it, it just becomes too much, and it all kind of it cancels each other out. Do you uh, feel the same way? Or are you a big, still a big Cold Stone fan? I, I'm no longer a big Cold Stone fan, but I, I've never been an excess toppings fan. Like I would try different combinations, but once you, I agree, once you get past three, it's really, you're doing right. too much. Um, I, my go-to with Cold Stone in the event that I ever go back there, which this day and age is very rare. Uh, my go-to is to get the chocolate-based ice cream with Oreo, or Oreo, here I go again, with peanut butter cups, the Reese's peanut butter cups, and then a little bit of graham cracker uh, crumble. Interesting. And those together give it a kind of crunchiness that I really enjoy, but that nice peanut butter flavor from the Reese's peanut butter cups, which 
probably I'd say is one of my favorite candies from childhood. Okay. Like that was one of the things I liked a lot when I was right. a kid. And there's will still indulge in occasionally when I, you know, around Halloween time or when I find myself at a place where they are handing them out for right. me or whatever. Uh, I'll, I'll grab a few of those because I like them. But yeah, that's what I do about Goldstone. But I, I don't go to Goldstone because I kind of discovered that in terms of ice cream, it's just not very good. It's sort of slimy and not like I don't think of ice cream being that way. I think ice cream needs a better texture mm. than that. And that's part of the reason I don't enjoy it. And I, I don't particularly think the flavor is all that great when it comes to the basis. It's just like, oh, OK, this is all yeah. right. But yeah, I, I don't really like those mix in places. And those have kind of been having a resurgence here right. in L.A. I've been seeing a couple of these different ones, like Crema Street. Oh, and, I've never heard uh, of that. What's it? Eight Below, I think, is another one. Okay. Like is it Eight Below? It's some, it's some degree, or like 28 right. degrees or something. something like that. But yeah, it's where they'll, they'll pour liquid onto a very cold stone. Like Marble Slab, you ever heard of yeah, that? Yeah, we have that up here. Yeah, so it's sort of like that. They, they pour liquid onto a very cold surface and then work it into an ice cream. And the stuff's just not great mm. to me. I, I don't particularly enjoy that. I enjoy a place that makes its ice cream in the back where I can't see it or has a lot of filler right. in it, like uh, right here. Right. <laughs> Get some of that special occasion <laughs> ice cream. Uh, you remember that stuff? That was our birthday ice cream when we were growing up. That's what the poor kids had. So when they got ice cream. What was it? It's like, ooh, special occasion ice cream in the four-gallon bucket. Yeah. Be or you go, what was that drugstore that had an ice cream counter? Was it Lucky's? No, that is Rite Aid. No, that wasn't but... Rite Aid, man. I, I'm... Rite Aid. I, I didn't know Rite Aid until I was like an adult. That definitely wasn't. No, they're. You're talking about back yeah, in the day. back in the way back in the day. I want to say it was called Luck Luckery's was a grocer, so it wouldn't no. have been that Rite Aid. I think bought out another chain. At least it did in California. What were they called before? Thrifty. Thrifty. Right? I think it was Thrifty. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say it started with a T. Yeah, so Thrifty is actually after Rite Aid bought them out, I believe they changed the brand of the ice cream to Thrifty okay. Ice Cream. So you can go into Rite Aid and buy a box of thrifty ice cream and just walk huh. out with it. It's the same the same stuff that they serve at the ice cream counter. Right. But I like getting it at the counter. It just is better that way, and that way I'm not sitting in my freezer. Well, and there's that nostalgia factor too. Speaking Definitely. of which, do you have any uh, any specific memories that um, around? So we're going to keep calling it junk food, but I, I might use that interchangeably with treats or snacks. But uh, any memory you have that sticks out uh, regarding? I don't know, a favorite Halloween or, I don't know, the first time you had a, a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup or, or whatever. Is there anything that sticks out? Do you have a memory from your childhood? Hey, how close is your mic to your face? I'm picking up a lot of your pee sounds. Puh, 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 okay, stuff. let me move that further away. Seems like you're breathing into Sorry the mic a little that. bit. No, no worries. I just want to make sure we have the best yeah. product. Uh, <laughs> I, it's funny, the thrifty talk triggered a memory for me when we were kids in the Tosties Blazer eating ice cream cones that Mrs. Tosti had gotten for us full minna. And uh, you, I had gotten what I thought was mint chocolate chip because that was my favorite ice cream at the time. And it turns out it was pistachio. And I was disappointed <laughs> to find that out. And there were nuts in it. And I was like, what is this in here? This isn't chocolate chips. What is it? And you were like, it's bugs, Sam. Can't you see that it's bugs? And you totally grossed me out. I almost threw up. I ended up throwing the cone out. I felt so bad about this. I threw the cone out of the car window into the parking lot like a complete litter bug. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, felt pretty ill the rest of the day. Almost threw up because of you. And everyone else got to enjoy their ice creams, and I was just sad. So thanks for that memory, <laughs> sure. I have no recollection of that. You're, you're pretty certain that was me, huh? Fairly certain. It's the kind of yeah, thing you I, do. I, I think you might have even told me it was grasshopper ice cream with grasshoppers in it, and I was like, you're terrible. 
I was person. way ahead of the curve. <laughs> They're putting cricket protein into into like bars now and stuff. So that was it's the sustainable protein, man. You don't you don't want that cow protein. Did you send me that article about the um the fly farm in Texas? Mm, no, I don't think so. Was that you? I was reading an article about protein farms in Texas, and uh, one of them is uh, they they take fly larvae and they bake it. Uh, yeah, bake it or fry it. I think they bake it at high high temperatures and toast it. And uh, because apparently it tastes like corn nuts and is a great sustainable protein because the flies they use uh, have a really fast reproductive cycle, Which... and so they're they're constantly putting out protein, and it's it's a lot more. Uh, friendly to the environment than like say a pig right. or something. And, and we're just to be clear we're talking about maggots we are talking about maggots but i wanted to avoid using yeah. that word because so, so... <laughs> that really strike, people off. strike two on our food podcast oh. we talked about public urination yeah we're not and, doing so well on this podcast and, and now maggots that's <laughs> that's delicious okay let's let's move right along we're gonna leave that maggot thing right where it is um how about when you go to the movies? You're down in, in Southern California. There's some great movie theaters down there. I, I know you don't go very often, but for a time you had the, um, what was that thing called? The movie pass. Uh, are there any snacks that you like during the movies or are you kind of a purist? You just want to listen to the movie and watch the movie and be absorbed in the film without being distracted by pesky food like popcorn, etc. First, I'll say that movie pass totally <laughs> burned me because I got to use it for like two months and then the AMC broke the deal with them and I've got nothing but AMC theaters around it. <laughs> So if I wanted to go watch a movie, I had to drive to the freaking West Side, which is like its own separate continent when you live in the Valley. And I'm like, I'm not going anywhere near the 405. Are you kidding me? That's like, it's just asking for trouble. So I had to get rid of that movie card. Thank a lot moved past. Uh, and, but to answer your original question, uh, I like popcorn, man. I am a sucker for movie theater popcorn with butter. That's okay, so you're a popcorn yeah. purist. Man, I'm oh, I love it. But I'll, I'll eat a lot of my popcorn before the preview start, or maybe like when the initial credits are rolling, if it's a film mm. with credits, uh, you know, that's about the time I take my last couple of bites of popcorn because I don't want to be too distracted. And I'll occasionally snack quietly on it throughout the film, but usually I've eaten so much of it by the time the movie starts because I like showing up early. I'm one of these guys who shows up early to the movie. I don't want to right. miss the previews. Previews is part of the movie going experience. Right. So I'll show up early and I'll eat, you know, I'll eat this stuff in handfuls and uh, have so much of it that uh, I don't want to uh, eat any more by the time I'm <laughs> the movie's actually right. rolling. Okay. Um, do you have any odd combinations or uh, snacks and treats you like that are kind of unusual, not the traditional things? So, you know, like some people like, uh, I don't know, I'm completely drawing a blank. But like for me, for example, one of my weird combinations from when I was a kid is uh, peanut butter and cheese. That's a, uh, a combination that we had some neighbors when we lived in southern Idaho that, uh, the mother made some sandwiches that she called silly sandwiches and they were cheddar cheese and peanut butter. And um, <clears throat> that stuck with me talking about food memories. And so now even, even earlier today, I was having some crackers with some Jarlsberg cheese and some peanut butter on top. Do you uh, have any weird combinations like that? That's fascinating to me. I, uh, I don't know that I've done peanut butter and cheese. I've done chocolate well, and yeah. cheese thanks to the, uh, the, the wean albums turned me <laughs> onto that one. Thanks, Ween Brothers. <laughs> uh, which actually is not not too bad if you have the right cheese and the right. Chocolate. I can see that. Yeah. Uh, peanut butter and cheese. I've not tried though. I, I must say, after that article I sent you from the New York Times, I, I really want to see what a peanut butter and pickle sandwich tastes like. In fact, since I read that article, I've been eyeballing pickle, pickle jars at the <laughs> store, being like, "All right, which pickles am I going to get to go with this peanut butter and pickle sandwich? <laughs> which am I going to be able to live with if I decide this is disgusting?" Right. 
So I, uh, uh, I did, I've tried that combination, peanut butter and pickles, which I, I guess is kind of a thing in the South. Um, and uh, the rest referring to has the addition of sriracha and a little bit of a soy mix, a soy sauce mixed in. So for some umami, um, and I found it really good, but I experimented with different kinds of pickles. So I used just a regular kind of dill uh, pickle, like your just your classic, uh, you know, sandwich pickle. Um, but I also tried right. with um, a sweeter pickle, like a, a bread and butter pickle. And, um, you know, they both had their, uh, they both had their high points. So I, I don't know that I preferred one to the other, but yeah, experiment with it a little bit. There was a joint here in Burbank called Moe's and they did kind of specialty mm. burgers. For a little while and uh they had one called the foggy bottom burger which was i want to say it was sour plum jam and peanut butter hmm. on the bun and you'd eat that with a hamburger and it was quite good like i would i would highly recommend it sadly that place is closed and it's like a panera or something <laughs> uh, so it's it's gone forever unfortunately but you can try to make one at home if you decide you find some sour plum jam. interesting want to make some burgers it was it was pretty tasty and i would certainly do that again i, I want to say I could be wrong about this, but there's another place that does peanut butter on burgers. It might be Slater's 50-50. you familiar with Slater's? I am not, no. That's the place that does the, they call it 50-50 because if you get the 50-50 hamburger, it's 50% beef and 50% ground bacon. Whoa. And they mix that into a patty. Okay. It's, it's not as good okay. as you think it would be. All right. <laughs> it's, it's very wet. There's a lot of grease huh. in that burger. Uh, but, uh, but, you know, it's not bad and they have a great beer selection. So it's, it's worth going for that reason. But to answer your original question, um, and I don't think this is unusual, but I like, uh, if I ever go to Wendy's, which I rarely do, but if I ever go to Wendy's, I'm getting a Frosty, I'm getting some French fries. Wendy's fries aren't even good, but I want to dip those fries into the Frosty because that's that's like, that's just right, meant to happen. Right. You can do it at McDonald's too. McDonald's has good fries. And would you do that with a McDonald's ice cream cone or with a shake or? With the, uh, you would get yourself okay. a sundae. And could be a caramel sundae, could be a butterscotch sundae, could be a hot fudge sundae, whatever right, you're feeling. Right. You need that hard ice cream. If you do it with a milkshake, you can dip it, but it doesn't stay on the fries right. So well. Right, a little too, a little too wet, a little too melted. And at right. uh, Wendy's, are we going vanilla frosty or chocolate? Do they have flavors of frosties at Wendy's? I thought it was all uh, the same. They do. So we grew up with just chocolate. Now maybe this is a Canadian versus American thing, but now they have uh, the regular original frosty, which is the chocolate flavor, which is always a a really light chocolate. It wasn't like a uh, you know a really yeah, very yeah. light chocolate. It's like they put a teaspoon of Nestle Quick into it. And that was that it, was yeah. It. And now they have just a pure vanilla one that is, um, you know, white as Wonder Bread. Hmm. I'll have to look into this. I didn't know that they were doing that now. I do remember when they changed their size uh, options on the cups. That was probably one of the last times I went to Wendy's, actually. It's been a long time since I've been to Wendy's. But I was having a hankering for a Frosty and some fries, so I, I went and I ordered off their dollar menu. It was a 99 cents uh frosty and a 99 cent yeah. small fries and they gave me this frosty cup i pulled up the window i paid i pulled up to the second window and they opened the window and they hand me this frosty cup and this thing i shit you not <laughs> is like it's like it's like the cup that you get at the dentist to rinse your mouth out <laughs> and like those little paper cups you know with the, the wax lining and i was like oh fun they gave me a little taster one to start out it's almost like an amuse bouche that's really cute <laughs> and i'm sitting there and they're like have a nice day and i'm like where's my frosty <laughs> Turns out they had they had cut back on their prices and they had cut down like to this ridiculously junior size frosty cup for ninety nine cents, which before it had been a small, which was you know you could probably eat half of it and take it home and freeze right. the rest and have another the rest of it another day and be pleased. 
and this was i was just like you're kidding me <laughs> really this is what 99 cents gets me now man things really are going downhill this is back during the bush bush administration so uh that was one more reason I was a <laughs> So you blame Bush for the, uh, the the shot glass of Frosty that you got. Well, every four years I ask myself, am I better off now than I was four years ago? And uh, that Frosty convinced me that you I was were not, not better Back off. to the uh, the Clinton era. Back to the big Frosties. In the... That's right. Big Frosties. That's what we need. <laughs> George Bush said the, the nation needed higher pies. <laughs> a higher slice of the pie. I think that was his quote. But he did not say anything about bigger cups I of guess Frosties. he did not. Um, all right. Uh, what's your drink of choice? So uh, setting aside water, don't give me a water answer here. Um, and now it sounds like you don't drink soft drinks very often. So are you a beer guy, a wine guy, a spirits? Um, do you like tea? Oh, I've, I've gone through the whole spectrum. I started with wine and I, uh, I moved on to beer and then uh, into whiskey. Okay, so you've done it all. <laughs> I'm, I'm doing, yeah, I have done it all. But if we're sticking with the junk food theme, there's a, uh, so occasionally I will order hmm. a soda. And a lot of that soda is, this rarely, rarely happens, but if I go to a pizza joint and it's not too expensive, I'll get a soda and a slice of pizza. Like there's something about childhood mm. memories associated with having a slice of salty pizza and a sweet cup of soda to wash it down. And those are like great things. I will also, and I don't do this often because movie theater prices are ridiculous, but that movie theater popcorn with soda is pretty good. And too. What's uh, your soda of choice with, with pizza and or popcorn? It's almost always going to be root beer, sometimes Dr. Pepper, but I'm just a big root beer guy. Okay. I have been. It's got to be, and also root beer is generally caffeine-free. I try to avoid caffeinated right. sodas. Um, but if it's Barks, that's the root beer with bite, and the bite is caffeine. So uh, you kids out there, your parents out there who have kids that like Barks root beer, switch them over to A&W. That's the, uh, the caffeine-free option. The Barks is going to give you some I did not realize that that's why Barks has bite. I uh, had no idea that there was a... Um caffeine in that i just assumed it was root beer just like any other yeah it's uh it's one of the caffeinated ones i think dad's is caffeine free and i think AW is caffeine free there's a joint here in burbank that does chili it's been there since like the 40s it's called chili john's and that's all it really serves is chili but i will occasionally oh actually almost every time i go in there i have a special drink i make well i'll order a glass of milk but i'll tell them to fill it about halfway and then put root beer in the rest so it's like a milky root beer which I'm sure sounds disgusting to some. There's probably a name for that. It's like a brown cow or something. I don't think that's a brown cow. Um, a brown cow is like a shake of something. I think a brown cow involves chocolate syrup and I don't know, soda water or something. I don't know. That's, uh, it's too bad we didn't have a device that we could use to instantly look up information. <laughs> you know, I, I thought about bringing my laptop in here, but I uh, decided not to, and now I'm regretting it. Well, well that'll, uh, that'll have to be a follow-up for, for the next episode if we, if we make it that far, and you know, we're not banned from the internet. Um, this, so basically, it's a, it's a this drink I, I get melted. is similar to a Brooklyn egg cream. You know what a Brooklyn yes. egg cream is? Okay, so it's similar to that, but this is just root beer and milk. I actually tried it once with buttermilk, which was disgusting. interesting. This is like the one place in town I've seen that serves buttermilk. You can actually get a glass of wow. it and drink it. It really is 1940s, yeah. <laughs> uh, but buttermilk was a bit much for me, so I decided to stick to the regular whole milk. Whole milk and root beer on ice is really, really good. And they've got that nice crunchy ice, you know, that's all it's all pockmarked right. and pebbled. Um, that stuff is, is, I love that ice, man. I love chewing on that <laughs> stuff. That reminds me of soda places of past, too. But yeah, I'll get soda at that place, but I always cut it down with a little bit of milk to tell myself I'm being somewhat healthy. I got to say, the idea of drinking uh, what we call pop and you call soda and milk, I guess it's not that different than a root beer float. It's just melted and without the extra sugar, but that exactly. sounds repulsive. So um, 
<laughs> I think that that would be a good answer for the, do you have any odd combinations? Cause it sounds like that's not on the regular menu. You're just ordering that. Like that's your secret <laughs> menu item, right? Just give me some root beer and some milk and I'll mix it together. I got to come up with a name for that. So they know, they know what I'm talking about when I order it. How about a stomach ache? That's uh... <laughs> <laughs> all right. So we got your drink of choice. Um, so root beer is, is your non-alcoholic beverage of choice. And you do a little bit of everything with the alcoholic stuff. Um, let's say you're having the last meal and this is it. This is the end. End of the world is coming in an hour and you're having your last dinner. Um, what kind of snack foods would you have there knowing that there was, you wouldn't have to worry about health or weight or cholesterol or any of that stuff. Hmm. That's a tough one. I'm tempted to go with comfort food, which is stuff that, uh, we probably had as kids that very few other people who weren't, you know, raised in Portuguese households right. had like super late, which is a, uh, <laughs> disgusting to everyone else i've tried to introduce to it but delicious yeah. to me and that is once again milk we grew up in a dairy right so lots of milk yes. on our diet uh that is a hot bowl of milk it's a soup made out of hot milk and chunks of cornbread not the kind of cornbread you get in the south this is portuguese cornbread it's a little bit more like your regular loaf of bread ripped up and put into with this hot milk and soaking up the milk so you've got essentially a bowl of soggy bread and then you have some sort of salty meat to go along with it, either sausage or bacon or something like that. Oh, look at that. We that just is lost our last food. listeners. So it's just me and you now. Um, <laughs> actually, it's... But I will say, if I'm not worried about price or or if I'm going for something a little more mainstream, slightly more mainstream, popular here in Southern yeah. California, chicken and waffles, man. Fried chicken and waffles are amazing. It's the best of both worlds. You get fried yeah. chicken for dinner, waffles yeah. for breakfast, a little syrup on that. Oh, man, you okay. can't miss. All can't right, lose. so chicken and waffles. Um, I was going to say, you know, you mentioned the South and cornbread. Um and it would be interesting to know the, uh, you know, where the origins of all this stuff comes from. But I believe in the South, it's not uncommon for someone to break up their cornbread so that that more yellow cornbread that, you know, we eat with chili at, at the, in the school cafeteria, they will break that up and pour buttermilk over it. Um, I don't believe they eat it hot, though. It's a, it's a cold dish, but not all that far removed from the, the dish you just described that uh, we ate as kids. So. Mm -hmm. I've not heard of that. That's interesting. Yeah, I will. Um, when we're done here, I'll, uh, I'll have to do some rooting around because I, I know I've seen it discussed. And uh, yeah, apparently it's kind of a, a Southern uh, delicacy. Maybe delicacy is the wrong Sounds word, like I might be good with chili. What's that? Sounds like I might be good with chili. I wonder if I can get it at my chili place. Perhaps. Perhaps. Um, favorite seasonal snacks. So we're, we're just around the corner. It's Halloween. Um, it's the fall. So we're seeing pumpkin. Everything is out there. Uh, soon after we'll have Thanksgiving and then Christmas uh, after that Easter. Is there any particular seasonal snack that sticks out like eggnog or candy corn or, you know, things like that of that nature? Oh yeah. You took it out of my mouth, dude. I love a good eggnog. It has to be a good eggnog though. You don't want that cheese. Okay. Stuff. And are you buying There's it in the a... store or are you making it yourself? I tried making eggnog once and that was back in my early days of experimenting. Well, that did not turn out well. Maybe I'll try again this year. It might be. I think I've, I've learned enough about how things in the kitchen work <laughs> and how to mix a good drink that I can actually make a decent right. one out. But I buy it from the store. We've got a dairy down here that's like in southeast LA. It's called Brocures. And I think that's the one that's down here. Yeah, yeah, that is the one that's down here. Hi, baby. Are you going to come record at that app? <laughs> Are you coming in here to record? Yes. Oh, you're putting your dirty socks away. Okay. Hi. Bye-bye. <laughs> Sorry, we had a little guest here. No worries. <laughs> um, so in Southeast LA, we have a dairy that honestly, like this place has been surrounded by like uh, industrial um, 
like factories mm. and some oil wells are out there. There's a couple of, um, there's a lot of like subdivisions and, you know, suburbia has kind of taken over out there, but this dairy is still out there kind of a wow. model of all of it. And it's a family owned joint. It actually was going to go out of business this last year. And they just announced like in the last month that um, they had such a backlash or not backlash, but such an outpouring of support from their fans that they're staying mm. open and they're going to continue. I'm not sure if they worked out a deal with somebody or what, but uh, yeah, they make, you know, milk and things and they put out a seasonal eggnog in this glass bottle. You can buy it in a glass bottle with a rubber or a mm -hmm. plastic cap and they sell it in all the local stores and it's brokers and it's delicious. It's thick. It's sweet enough. It's got the right amount mm. of nutmeg. It is fantastic. And I love this stuff. It's only, I will only say that uh, because I've grown a bit older and I'm not as much of a sweet tooth as maybe I was when I was younger, I will take the eggnog and I will mix soda water into it and just have it with like a little bit of soda water just to kind of give mm. it some bubbles, make almost like an eggnog spritz. And it's really, it's a very refreshing drink that I, I greatly hmm. enjoy. Okay. Do you ever mix it with booze like brandy or rum or bourbon? I have. In fact, I used to do hot eggnog with brandy. That was a thing that I was doing for a while where I'd, you know, microwave the brandy up or boil it and uh, then add it to a, you know, get a nice warm mug and put some eggnog into that. But uh, I haven't done that recently. Honestly, I think the booze takes huh. away from it, believe okay. it or not. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I enjoy it. I'm a purist when it comes right. to eggnog. Right, much like you are with your um, popcorn at the movies <laughs> and your heroin. Only the purist. Only the purists, that's right. Or my uh, my blue meth. <laughs> Got to be 96% or higher. You're not allowed to quote that show until you're done watching it. So uh, wrap it up. It's been long enough. You know, I, I watched, I'd seen like half of an episode and I tried to watch the rest of it with my daughter in the room. And that was a very poor choice. <laughs> I, uh, I won't be doing that again. Now she's, she's four now, right? She and is. is she picking up stuff? Like if she hears like a curse word, do you hear re-say it or is she just disturbed by the violence or like what what makes that a bad idea versus like you know doing it with an infant who wouldn't even be aware of what was happening she is picking up a lot of words these days and so i fear there haven't been any curse words that i've heard yet but she does repeat things a okay. lot these days uh, but also i don't want to show any of the violence to her because that would be right and if the tv's on so... i guess when she's looking at it it's not like she's you know staring out the window or looking at a book or something Generally speaking, okay. yes, unless she's got her iPad, in which case she's sometimes distracted by that, but um, sometimes she'll look away from the iPad as well. So I just have to, you know, maybe I'll drink some, this isn't a caffeinated drink we're drinking, is it, the soda? It is, is it not, no. So it's just sugar. Maybe I'll have enough sugar to keep me up late enough to actually watch another episode. <laughs> I knew I should have got the barks. Okay, uh, a couple of more questions. Uh, when you were growing up, did you have an after-school snack or something that you commonly turned to that was uh, a snack food that, you know, not quite a meal, but something to fill in in between meals? You know, I have no memories hmm. of that. What, what would we, you yeah. help me out here, man. What did we get when we got home from school? I can't well, even I'll think. tell you mine, and I don't know that, I mean, you and I are uh, not that far apart in age, but I don't have any memories of sharing this with you, but I used to love a peanut butter and jelly sandwich and a glass of chocolate milk. That was, hmm. um, to me, like the chocolate and the peanut butter. And yeah, that was really good. Um, but also, uh, we ate a lot of cereal growing up. And I don't think we only ate it for breakfast. I, I do feel like there were times when we would eat a bowl of cornflakes or something in the middle of the day. Do you have any memory of that? 
The peanut butter and jelly sounds familiar. I we didn't do a lot of cooking as kids because our mother did all the cooking for us, but um, at least most of the time. And I think that was actually to our detriment because I didn't know how to do anything in the kitchen. In fact, I remember asking, I was in the mood for an egg one time and I asked my older brother, not you, your <laughs> older brother, to, to, to help me cook an egg or to cook an egg for me. And he was like, all right, break an egg. <laughs> and so I broke it into a pan. He's like, okay, I'll cook it. And he like walked out of the room. <laughs> I had no idea what I was doing and I was all sad. <laughs> that is not a good way to teach a child how to cook. <laughs> uh, but uh, peanut butter and jelly, I do remember doing a lot. I didn't, often do it with chocolate milk because I think it's much better with just plain milk. But I do actually, you, your mention of chocolate milk reminded me that we would sometimes have like, you know, Nesquik or some sort of, yeah. sort of chocolate powder to mix into the milk to make chocolate right. milk with. And I would occasionally make a, like a coffee mug of this stuff. I don't know why I'd be drinking it out of coffee mugs, but I'd make a mug out of this stuff and then I'd keep the spoon and I just, I drink the milk using the spoon, almost like I was eating a bowl of cereal, but I was just drinking the milk. And that I've always found really enjoyable for some reason. I found that to be really, really like a fun way to do it. Also, you can mix the chocolate up if it's settled at the bottom. You can continue moving it around. So hold on. you. So you have a glass of milk that you've mixed chocolate into. And then uh -huh. you're doing what with a spoon? You're just drinking it with a spoon rather than drinking it out of the glass? Correct. So it's almost like eating a bowl of cereal without cereal. And I would just sip it out of a spoon. <laughs> you are or sometimes rather than sip it out of a spoon, it's almost like taking a bite, like putting a spoonful of chocolate milk in your mouth and then, you know, as if it was a spoonful of cereal and just eating it that way. Maybe I have a distinct memory of doing that, how I'd kind of inhale as I did it, which was probably a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> but there's, a, there's almost this gasping sound as I'm choking on the ch yeah. chocolate milk. We don't know how he got milk in his lungs. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> so, I don't know how and what about that. cereal? Do you have uh, memories of eating cereal a lot when we were kids? Because that was a really easy thing to put together. Poor cereal, poor milk, done, right? You didn't have to prepare anything? Yeah, absolutely. Cornflakes and Cheerios. I feel like those are the like like Cheerios was a treat for us. That was the special yeah. That's, that's when we were getting real spicy. Is <laughs> when we threw Cheerios right. into the mix. Like whoa, we're mixing call Child Protective Services. They're giving us Cheerios. <laughs> that was like a that was a banner day. Yeah, when we had no kidding, no kidding. Um, um, you know, for breakfast we used to um, we do yes. oatmeal. Mother would make oatmeal for us and. Uh, and she would, in order to get us to eat it, she'd put scoops of ice cream into it. I don't know if this ever happened. I have around, no memory of that. Ice cream in your I oatmeal? Like a spoon. Yeah, she'd make, because we would eat the cream of wheat and yeah. that was okay, but the oatmeal we were really against because it was sloppy and chunky yeah. and gross. And so she'd get, I remember there being like a fudge ribbon ice cream in the freezer and she'd get a spoon of that and put it into the oatmeal and melt. <laughs> okay, eat your oatmeal, you know, eat this up. They were like, oh, ice cream for breakfast. This is great. It's no wonder I have such a sweet tooth. I should do that with my kid. I'm just no, realizing. no, you, you yeah. shouldn't. You shouldn't. <laughs> you really shouldn't. Uh, okay, one last question, and then we'll get to the review part of this. Um, what is one item that you find inexplicably popular that you just can't stand? Flaming hot Cheetos. Okay, tell me more, because I'm a I'm a flaming hot Cheeto fan. I, I don't eat them all the time, but I do enjoy them when I have them. Those are hugely popular, and I I just don't. I don't get it. Well, first off, I was, I used to have a lot of trouble with spice. I've come to appreciate it as I've grown older, but there is something gross about Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Like it's an uncomfortable sensation to eat. It makes my tongue not feel very good. <laughs> you know, it, it, and like you're hot and you got crap all over your fingers. Like, and I love Cheetos. It's like a junk food that I used to love. And I still do. That's another one of my weak mm. foods, but I, that's regular Cheetos, you know, the crunchy ones, not the puffy ones because the poofy ones right. are disgusting, but <laughs> But Flamin' Hot Cheetos, I, I don't get why they're so popular. People love them, and they're like, 
they've become a fair food staple. So you'll find them at fairs. Like there's like corn dogs dipped in flaming hot okay. Cheeto powder. That's like a thing now. I, I just don't get it. I, I don't see what the draw so it's, is. It's uh, just too much heat for you or it's a combination of the heat and the messiness of it. it yeah. All of those things. So okay. It always seemed a bit spicier than right. I liked, but it's like junk food that's spicy. Like, I don't know, maybe I've become a, a bit of a snob or something, but it's like, if I want spicy, I want it to be good. You know, I don't want to, I don't just want to get Tabasco. I want to get something that's actually got some good flavor to it. It doesn't just taste like right. Not that Tabasco isn't bad. I mean, Tabasco certainly has its place, but I don't know. Like, I, I feel like there's a lot of options to choose from when you want to spice mm-hmm. your food up. And uh, Flamin' Hot Cheetos is probably the bottom of the barrel. So <laughs> I haven't gotten that sunk okay, that Okay, are yet. there any uh, junk foods, like I'm thinking like Takis or, or something like that, any junk foods that are spicy that you like? Or is it just that if you want spicy, you're wanting a little more of a, uh, uh, like a taco or something a little more substantial? Probably something more substantial, but uh, do a little Canadian translation for me. What's a taco? Oh, uh, that's a. Uh, it's uh, it's actually not Canadian. It's uh, it's big. I thought in Southern California because I think it's, you know, I don't know the uh, where it comes from, but I thought it was uh, Hispanic in nature. Here I'm trying to be very sensitive with um, my uh, language, but I I don't the uh, Hispanic community. Let me. Uh, Take a look here. Takis rolled corn. When you say Takis, it's... Da, 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 da. <laughs> when you say Takis, I think of the old song, My Brother Does the Noises for the Takis. I... Like the movie. <laughs> My brother does the noises for the Takis. I haven't heard that song in a long time. Uh, they're like a rolled... Um, yeah, it's actually from Mexico. So that they are a rolled corn... They look like a little taquito without anything in the middle. And so it's, it's rolled in a, uh, in a roll, but like a cigar, like it's shaped like a cigar, but without filling in the middle. So it's a hollow cigar and um, okay. they have different flavors, um, you know, cheesy, uh, wild, guacamole, fuego, nitro, et cetera, et cetera. And they tend to be a, a bit on the spicier side, but it sounds like you've never had them. I have never heard of this okay. before. Well, uh, something else uh, for a future episode, I will, uh, I'm sure if you look for them, you'll find them, but um yeah, you know, something that does have a bit of spice to it that we do find here in Southern California a lot is there's these fruit carts you'll mm-hmm. find on the corner, but they'll chop they'll chop up like melon and pineapple and a couple other things and they'll uh, they'll put it into a bag with some um, ta- is it ta- tamarindo yeah. or tamarind seasoning, and that stuff's got a little kick to it, but that stuff's really good, man. Pineapple with that stuff on it is delicious, yeah. and it's fresh fruit, so it's like really quite tasty, and you can get it for an affordable price. You know, it's, it's not gonna break the bank to have some really good right. fruit. I always liked the, uh, when we used to go to the flea market when we were kids, um, they would have, mm. someone would have like a little cart doing that kind of thing with like mango and like uh, chili powder on it or tahine they would put on it or, or something like that, a combination of, of different spicy and, and salty and, and acidic um, toppings, which I always thought tasted just really good with mango. It's really awesome. Actually, I tried a cocktail recently that was... Um, mango blended with rum like frozen mango chunks blended with rum and um had that tahine seasoning which i'm, I'm hoping you know what that is uh yeah as well as something called chamoy which is kind of a, a fermented um fruit juice yeah huh. it was is it fruit i think so yeah it's, it's like a, a purple okay. uh, 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 a maroon color and 
Isn't that isn't that made out of corn? Is that the stuff from South America that's made out of corn? Like no, I corn? know what you're thinking of. It's something else, and I maybe I'm, I'm okay. maybe uh, I might be thinking of the wrong word, but it's it's kind of a a savory tart uh, sauce made from pickled fruit. Yeah, okay. so um, something else to uh, to try. But it was a, it was a very good combination. Then they served the drink with a tamarind straw, which is a straw with like tamarind almost like fruit roll-up wrapped around it and yeah it was all the yeah i've seen those before i've seen those on like instagram and stuff i know they're popular in the tqrs and stuff yeah. like too yeah that sounds delicious i feel like we yes. drink well good let's uh that's a that's as good a segue as any so let's pull out some of this jaritos or jaritos for the um Jar- non-spanish speakers in the in the uh audience so uh, a couple of little fun facts um Jaritos was founded in 1950 by Don Francisco El Guero Hill. Uh, of course, Jarito uh, in Spanish means little jug. Um, it's the most popular brand, uh, most popular soft drink in the U.S. amongst Latino consumers. Uh, came to the U.S. in uh, 1987 or 1989, I think. So we have the pineapple version today. So let's uh, give this a try. I'm uh, glad I thought to grab a bottle opener because I'm... I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> Otherwise, I'd be tearing up my hands trying to open this thing and thinking, can I stop the recording so I can go <laughs> grab a bottle opener? So uh, the smell is, I mean, it smells like kind of that artificial pineapple candle kind of thing. I don't know what you're getting over there. Our artificial pineapple is exactly what I was thinking. It was, so I got a, there's a warning you should give you, your, your people before they smell these things. If you inhale too deeply into a carbonated drink, you will pass out. <laughs> Because there's no oxygen in there. There's just a lot of carbonation. And uh, I remember being a kid and like pouring yourself a big glass of uh, 7-Up or something and then inhaling deeply because you wanted to inhale the fumes and getting very lightheaded. Uh, so, you know, waft. Sounds waft like fun. Do it. All right. Uh, well, God, this does. This smells like fake pineapple. That's like the... There, I mean, you, you know it is pineapple. There's something pineapple-y about it, but... Yeah. It's just got that artificial sort of sense to it. Not that it's bad. It's not, uh, it's not unwelcoming. I'm going to give it a taste. So the first thing I noticed is um, very lightly fizzed, not as aggressively fizzy as um, I, what I tend to think of as, you know, your um, North American pop, like Coke and Pepsi and and and, and W, et cetera. The fizz is actually, yeah, it goes down very quickly. Yeah. The sugar on this actually my bottle says i don't know if yours is the same or not my bottle has 22 grams of sugar which is about half as much as you're going to get in a uh, can of pepsi interesting so already we're seeing some differences because mine has 35 grams of sugar what's the size of your bottle okay let's take a look here see this is what happened to do it mine is 12.5 fluid ounces 370 yeah, milliliters. same as mine so for some reason, the Canadian market of Jaritos, they add extra sugar to about 10 more grams than you have. Well, Canadians are classically unhealthy and terribly overweight, while we Americans are just awesomely insane. Well, this, this is true. It's because of universal health care. We um, take it for granted, and we are a bunch of, whole, bunch of fat slops. Plus, we have to pack on the, the blubber for the winter, which is fast approaching. <laughs> that makes so much more sense now. How many carbohydrates are in your bottle? Uh, I have 35 grams of carbs, all of which are sugar. So it's all, it's 35. 
Yeah, same thing. I have 22 grams of carbs. Huh. You're tasting something different than I'm tasting. I, I suppose I am. I guess mine is, is slightly more sweet. So we don't have, uh, we're not having the exact same experience. But tell me about your, uh, what, what taste you're getting there. What are you thinking? Oddly, oddly enough, the first thing that comes to mind is cotton candy. Now, Aritos is uh, Mexican, much like the Mexican cola. They use actual sugar. True. This, this is, is pure cane corn. sugar. This is the one product we're having today that doesn't have any corn in it. Right, which <laughs> lucky us. Oh yeah, you're right. <laughs> oh, America <laughs> and your giant corn fields. Because Canada's got a lot of corn too. Um, cotton candy is what comes to mind. There's a there's an almost. What does that remind me of? Almost like a gummy candy or something. If there was like pineapple gummies, almost getting that. So like it's actual sugar, right? And I, I suppose we would notice a difference if we're doing a comparison with a soda that was sweetened with uh, corn syrup. Right. But this is kind of enjoyable because I do like a good cotton candy. Yeah, you know, you of... say cotton candy. I wouldn't have come up with that myself, but I'm, I, I was definitely going to say it, it almost tastes like how I, imag- how I think of gummy bears tasting, but like a, a pineapple gummy bear, if there is such a thing. Uh, but yeah. cotton candy, I can kind of see it. Now, uh, I know earlier you, you were talking about um, the mixability of a drink or the ability to use it as a mix. Do you think this would go in a, in a cocktail? Could you see this going with maybe rum or um, what would you put this with? It's funny you mentioned that. I have a bottle of Ron Blanco Casa Magdalena rum right here. All right. Let's see how it goes. Like, like the girl guys, <laughs> you come prepared. Be prepared. That is a, that is the scout's way or guy's nice. way. Um, <laughs> Before I add rum to this, because I don't want to completely ruin the experience, the mid palate I'm getting a little bit of lime on, maybe a little bit of okay. kind of, a, and I think that might be the acidity from the drink itself, right. um, almost like a lemonade type thing going on there, but not as puckering. Um, it's just a little bit of a just a little bit of a hint of that. Yeah, I get definitely a, a citrus. Um, I was gonna say almost a. Very, very faint, but almost uh, an orange um, more than, a, or maybe a Meyer lemon or something like that. Like something. Orange is a good, yeah, I think that's a good, uh, you, you hit it on yeah. the head there. Lime, lime would be too, too piquant. This is, uh, this is a lot more mild yeah. than that. So, uh, oh, no, not, not too bad. I, I um, much like you, I really don't drink soft drinks. Um, I will, you know, my, my drink of choice these days is like a flavored sparkling water that, you know, has zero calories in it. Um, so I don't drink these very often and I was expecting to be blown away by how sweet it was, but considering it has real sugar in it, it's actually not overly sweet. It's kind of got a a pleasant sweetness to it. Um, I don't know that, you know, down a whole bottle, but, uh, you know, certainly if it was uh, being served at a Mexican restaurant, I, I wouldn't mind, uh, having a little bit to go with my hot meal. Yeah, I could see it being quite agreeable with food. Uh, I will say this. It's really awesome with a little bit of white rum, man. I'm, I'm oh, man. This. Okay. It's, uh, it's fantastic. I've got some Guatemalan rum here and I'm, uh, that I picked up last time I was in Portland. And uh, it mixes quite well with this. Uh, so put a little lime in that and uh, you got a you drink waiting for you. All right. Well, we just invented a new cocktail. Well, probably not, but for us, it's new. <laughs> we'll... Uh... Hey, what's the, I know you have the bottle there nearby. What's the coloring? Um, the coloring is, let's see here. Hold on one second. Mine says yellow five and yellow six. 
Okay. Mine. You breaking it over there? You breaking yeah, it over there? I'm getting angry with this yellow five. It's turning me into the Hulk. Um, so mine actually doesn't. It's carbonated water, sugar, natural flavor, citric acid, sodium benzoate, sodium citrate, tartrazine, sunset yellow FC5. And that's it. This is. You guys have a different classification. Really interesting right? to me. Yeah. Like, is this a, a completely different drink or is it just. I mean, it's obviously a different recipe because I have more sugar than you do, but. I'll read you mine. Uh, carbonated water, sugar, natural flavors, citric acid, sodium benzoate as preservative, sodium citrate, yellow five, yellow six. Hmm. And I've got. Made in Mexico, distributed out of Texas. El Paso, Texas. Hey, they know where <laughs> Yeah, mine says El Paso on it as well. So. It sounds like it's the same product bottled in the same place, but it's got different labeling. So maybe it's just that the name Yellow 5 doesn't exist up here. It's called Tartrazine or Sunset Yellow is the two combined together or something like that. But yeah, it's a regulatory yeah. thing. Anyway. All right. So that is our, um, our beverage. Uh, let's head into. Were you around for uh, the Yellow 5 fever back in like the 90s when everyone was saying Yellow 5 would give you cancer? And it would stop you from having children and stuff like that. <laughs> no, I, I somehow missed that. I seem to remember there was something about red, red dye. I can't remember what they said. Mm. Red dye caused ADD or something like that. I don't remember the yellow one. Yeah, there was some talk of yellow five destroying ovaries, as, as I recall. Uh, I remember some, some of the people we hung out with that drank a lot of uh, Mountain Dew, which, oh my God, talk about a soda that is just should never have existed. <laughs> Mountain Dew is horrendous. I don't know why anyone would ever drink that stuff. <laughs> I suddenly feel like to torture you, I should have uh, made Mountain Dew for this episode, but oh, I guess man. there's I, I would not always the future. Uh, so, We're moving on yeah, to let's salty. move on to the salty. So we've got Cool Ranch Doritos, the, the moment we've all been waiting for. So let's open this baby up. So they uh, they look like uh, well as you would expect them to look like fried tortilla chips. Um, so the smell I'm getting right away is buttermilk. Um, maybe some onion and garlic powder. Definitely getting the onion and garlic powder. Not getting the buttermilk. I'm not sure where you're getting that. Well, from. The, you see the little green flecks on it. Yeah. Uh, let me pull one of these out for closer inspection. Yes, I do see the little green flecks. Those are probably those like green. chili peppers or something, right? Or bell pepper, maybe. Uh, let's check the ingredients. Oh, man, these ingredients are huge. Probably best not to do that. Hey, it's got yellow flesh in it. <laughs> it just says spice. It doesn't, doesn't clarify what yeah, that is. Yeah, same here. Oh, dude, this has MSG in it. You're killing me, Smalls. <laughs> uh, you know what? I think the MSG scare is kind of like the, the yellow dye scare. It's been a little bit over overhyped. Actually, David Chang does a really interesting uh, segment on uh, MSG and how it's you know kind of been overly demonized on his show, Ugly Delicious. So uh, well worth checking that out if you haven't on Netflix. Okay. I'll have to check that out. It's funny. Buttermilk is one of the ingredients on here. I didn't realize. Yeah, I, um, I will say. I do believe monosodium glutamate gives me headaches, so uh, it's a good thing I took some Advil okay. earlier. Well, let's. Uh, I won't. I won't force you to eat the whole bag, but let's taste a couple of these and see if they taste anything like we remember. I'm gonna place a chip just on my tongue to see how it reacts. Okay. Yeah, there it is. 
there's like that tangy it's kind of like it's not quite like pop rocks but it's almost like it burns just a little bit interesting you know what it reminds me of though is uh, ranch dip like when you dip your carrots in celery and we have it at parties well yeah and i guess it's it's probably got some of the same you know flavor profile from the the buttermilk and the onion and garlic um flavor wise i'm the main flavor you know it's a lot less flavored than i would have guessed like i haven't had these in years um and I, the degrees i have had recently would have been more like the um you know nacho cheese or, or what have you those are more heavily dusted with flavoring this is actually a lot more subtle than i uh would have guessed so i'm getting a, a lot of corn tortilla obviously so the that fried corn flavor yeah um that really comes through. definitely getting the onion and the garlic maybe a little bit of like bell pepper or something vegetal um no spice to speak of there's there's no heat at all so it's it's pretty uh you know bland all things considered uh well you know uh, it's, it's not a a spicy food anyway um it's almost a white pepper taste to it you mentioned bell pepper but i'm almost getting like a ground white that's pepper a good call flavor out of it. yeah that's a good call now while you're uh thinking about flavor notes there i forgot to introduce my fun facts about it um doritos were released in 1964 by frito-lay sorry uh, 1966 they were released nationwide the first flavor of dorito was toasted corn that's that's how white bread they were that sounds like, a like chip. toasted corn was living on the edge so that's the exotic. Yeah, exactly. Oh, like they do south of the south of the border. Uh, in 1980, you think, you think they went to Madison Avenue to, to think that one? <laughs> Probably. Where the hell was Frito Lay based? <laughs> uh, that's a good question. I I thought California, but maybe. I know they have a big distribution center in Modesto. Yeah, and of course the one I'm looking at is Frito Lay Incorporated, Plano, Texas. Yeah, I was gonna say maybe Texas. Um, do have a little bit of a theme going on here with the, the Haritos from El Paso and the other thing from Texas. The bag I have, of course, was uh, manufactured in Canada, um, which would make sense. Anyway, in, in 1986, Cool Ranch was released. In the UK, it's called Cool Original. And in the rest of Europe, it's called Cool American because ranch isn't something they have there. And so they wouldn't understand. It'd be kind of lost in translation. Ah, okay. And here's a fun fact. In 2008, an ad was beamed into space into a planetary system 42 light years away. This was a, a marketing gimmick that uh, Frito-Lay did. They had an ad created by fans, if I recall correctly, and they beamed it into space into a, a planetary system 42 light years away. So apparently, um, if intelligent life is out there, it knows that we eat really terrible food that's uh, full of preservatives and sodium. <laughs> yeah, maybe that wasn't the best thing to introduce for uh, alien life to us. For you know what planetary system was? Was it Alpha Centauri? It was. Jeez, uh, I knew you were going to ask me that. Uh, yeah, see, got to be other facts. I think Alpha Centauri is closer. Used a... I don't know if you're recording or not, but I, I lost it. Oh, sorry about that. How am I doing now? Okay. You're good. So uh, it was sent from a, a, uh, an island, uh, a Norwegian island, where they have these radars. 
what? yeah well i guess they have a a, a big um you know, array of satellites, kind of like a SETI thing out there. The Ursa Major constellation, okay. just 42 light years from Earth, just. The, hmm. the solar system there contains a, a habitable zone and could host an Earth-like planet and extraterrestrial life. I think, if anything, it probably would keep the aliens away because they would say, if this is something that they sent us, they're obviously not intelligent and a savage and barbaric people, so we're going to stay away. <laughs> so it was more of a warning. Yeah, okay. exactly. That probably is a good thing. It's it's uh, saved us from from being colonized. So, what are you thinking of these? Like, what yeah. do you uh, are you liking them? Are they what you remember? They're close to what I remember. I remember them being more tangy and less enjoyable. Like my tongue never really agreed with that that feeling. There was like a bite to it that I didn't mm -hmm. like as much. Uh, these seem to be a little more mild. Maybe my tongue has just gotten less sensitive over the time. I don't know. But I don't mm -hmm. love them. Uh, they're not bad. I could see myself eating them. They go good with soda, as most salty food yeah. does. But, uh, yeah, I wouldn't see myself coming back to these. Like, if I want ranch, I'm probably going to make my own ranch dip at home with some yogurt and, you know, some dill and some onion powder and garlic right. salt. And then uh, just have that with some carrots and stuff or something like that. I think would get the similar flavor and a much more enjoyable experience. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I... Uh you know, answering the same question for myself, like, not bad. Mm -hmm. I, I could easily, they're kind of, I could mindlessly eat them. So they're not delicious, but they're not offensive enough that I'm like, oh, take these away from me. They're gross. Um, I do feel like they'd benefit from maybe a sprinkle of some hot sauce or, I don't know, um, some, maybe some guacamole or something like that just to make them a little more interesting. But uh, they're not too bad. I, uh, I know they're a hugely popular flavor. I'm, I'm not all over them, but uh, I don't hate them either. Yeah. Yeah, I can see. Mindless eating, I think, is what these things are designed right. for. Right. I suppose they are. Now, moving on next to our Hershey's product, Hershey's Gold Caramelized Cream Peanuts and Pretzels. Now, I asked you earlier about food memories, and one of mine actually revolves around the Hershey's Chocolate Plant. Um that used to be in Oakdale, California, before they moved to Mexico. I was just in Oakdale not too long yeah, ago. Yeah, it's no longer there, right? That's been closed down for years now. Uh, yeah, they left, and I guess there's another company there now that makes some kind of confectionery. Um, I want It's got some weird, like, some sort of Scandinavian name associated with it. Ikea. I can't think of what it is, but I guess they bought Ikea, yeah, right. They bought a part of the plant. They make candy mm. there. They still make candy, but they ship it all over the world. Mm. I can't think of what the name of it is or who owns it, but uh, I guess it's partially in use, like not the entire factory is in use. But I also remember going to Oakdale as a kid and smelling that chocolate right. smell, man. That was, uh, that permeated everything. And it was magical. It was like going into Willy Wonka. That's there. just it. I, you know, I was going to say I was too young to, this would have been before, this would have been like five or six years old. So I was too young to have any awareness of Willy Wonka, but it still seemed kind of magical that you could go through a town and there was chocolate in the air. And at that time they gave tours. Yeah. I don't know if you ever did the tour when you were young. I did. Yeah. That one time that I went okay. to the tour and I remember the, uh, they told us how kisses got their name because the machine that puts the chocolate down on the conveyor belt makes a second right. sound. It sounds like a kiss. Yeah. I, I did the tour as well. And I don't remember much about it other than the smell. I remember looking through a glass window and seeing people, with hairnets on, you know, wearing white and, um, you know, mm -hmm. working around all these machines. 
I mean, I remember buying a, um, I didn't buy, but, uh, I believe it was our uncle John who, uh, who brought me and, um, he bought for me a big, um, container of Reese's pieces, which was in the shape of a candy cane for some reason, or like in the shape of a cane. So it was like a hollow cane, a plastic cane filled with Reese's pieces. And right. I remember eating a bunch of those and until my tummy hurt, but, um, yeah, the, the thing that sticks with me more is I can still smell that chocolate in the air, and it, it was kind of magical. Yeah, it's a shame that that doesn't happen when you drive through there. Yeah. Well, the factory's still there, and it's partially in use, but yeah, they just don't get that smell anymore. So Hershey's, uh, some fun facts here. Hershey's was founded in 1894 by Milton Hershey. Was he the guy that had that like that health sanitarium where he was giving people enemas and stuff? No, you're thinking oh, of Kellogg. Right. Right. I, I guess I'm confusing that with my rich fantasy life about hot fudge enemas. But anyway, um, so Milton Hershey in, in Hershey, Pennsylvania. I guess it probably wasn't called Hershey, Pennsylvania at that time. Um, in 1965, the uh, Oakdale, uh, the one that we were talking about just a little bit ago, uh, that factory opened. In 2008, it closed uh, and moved to Mexico. That was the second Hershey plant ever, or the second Hershey plant in North America. And it closed and, and went to Mexico. Yeah. Um, Everyone says now that the chocolate just doesn't taste the same, and I agree. The Hershey chocolate is just not as good as it used to be. Well, today we got a non-chocolate product. So it's the, their first new bar in 22 years. It's called Caramelized hmm. Cream or Caramelized Cream. Uh, their website says, Caramelized Cream meets with peanuts and pretzels in this crunchy cream bar. Experience the delicious blend of salty, sweet, and creamy for yourself. Now, um, I haven't had this, so I don't know. I don't know that it's gotten. it's been very popular, though, because I, I saw when it was launched, and uh, within a couple of months of it being launched, it looked like it was for sale everywhere. And, and the, the, you know, the price was greatly reduced, which is usually the, the uh, result of a non-successful product launch. I don't know if you've noticed this thing in the stores you've been in, but. Uh, I don't usually look at the right. candy bar aisles, but then sometimes they lower the products or price on new products to get people to I try it. So. Or yeah, sales aren't as good as they want. They want to get people into it so they can start buying more often. I will. Does yours have a picture of the candy bar on the back of it? Uh, yes. looks like a gold bar. It's a, yeah, it's interesting how like it's not shaped like your typical Hershey bar. Right. It looks almost like a bunch of cupboards or an entertainment center <laughs> or something. It's like a, a okay. 70s entertainment center. Yeah, it really does. It's got sort of a maze thing going on. I imagine yours has the same amount of sugar as mine does. Mine has 20 grams. Uh, so bizarrely, mine has 19. I you know I, I don't know what to make of these. I, I don't know what to make of these slight differences, and I'm guessing it's the same size again. Um, uh, let's check. Uh, hmm. Net weight, 1.4 ounces, 39 yeah. grams. So uh, my Haritos was uh, more sweet. My Hershey Gold is less sweet. So I was going to say... Hmm, the note on this is quite enjoyable. This is um, right up my alley because I like caramel. Like butterscotch is my favorite flavor of pudding. Um, I'm, a, I'm a fan of that flavor profile. Dulce de leche, I love that stuff. So I'm, 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 I haven't tried it yet, but I'm thinking this might be up that alley. So I've just opened it. It's um, basically, it's not quite as dark as Dulce de leche. It's, um, how would you describe the color there, Sam? Like a, a little bit uh, lighter than caramel, but. Creme, creme de caramel is how I describe it, but I think I got that from the cover. Yeah. Or caramelized creme, that's what they're calling it. But yeah, it's like caramel, but it's got the creme yeah. to it. Sort of, you know, it's a, kind of a 1970s color. It looks like the shag carpet. <laughs> uh, the smell reminds me a lot of peanut butter. I guess, I'm guessing I'm getting the um, the peanuts that are in it. 
Let's say peanut brittle. Peanut that's brittle. That's that. You're absolutely right. That's what. I'm, that's the smell. It smells like peanut brittle. Um, obviously, it's not hard like peanut brittle. So let me give this a taste. You've already tasted it. Nope, I'm about to right now. Hmm. Okay. Um, so definitely has a kind of a brown sugar, um, brown sugar slash caramelly thing going on. The, um, the peanuts and pretzels add a little bit of salt to it and a little bit of crunch. Yeah, I'm getting a little salt on yeah. the end. The very first thing I tasted was artificial. Okay. <laughs> it tasted fake, but then the sugar really gave way. Right. It definitely uh, is sweet, which I guess shouldn't be a surprise. This is a bit of a ride. It goes to a couple of different places. It starts out there. It, the caramel kind of comes through, which mm -hmm. is nice. Let's try a second bite. It's like sipping mm -hmm. a wine. You always have to do the second sip to make sure your palate is, you know, all right, the sugar comes faster now. Yeah, definitely. You get the sweet right away. Not really loving the texture. It's sort of weird. You're not liking the uh, the crunchy bits, eh? I usually like crunchy stuff, but this is like there's peanut crunchy and then pretzel crunchy, and they're slightly different right. crunches. And like the pretzels seem to be sticking. To I'm my getting feet. that too. Funny enough. Okay. So not terrible, but it's not something I'd probably go to. Again. Yeah, I don't think i'd go out of my way to get it again i was hoping um maybe for something more along the lines of a butterscotch or a dulce de leche and it's got hints of that but it's not quite all the way there so it's almost like a um dulce de leche for beginners or something mm. and the pretzel i could do without <laughs> the pretzel either you know I... yeah the pretzel seems to get wet like the salt is nice the salt is a nice touch but you could have salt with that yeah and the peanuts, I don't mind, but um, I don't know that the pretzels are... Peanuts are like little shards. They're like very small pieces. They are. This is a very thin bar to have peanuts on it. Vaguely reminds me of Mr. Good Bar, but I feel like even Mr. Good Bar had bigger. Like Mr. Good Bar minis, where the peanuts are really yeah. small. Yeah, definitely. They're probably taking it from the same jar, because that's... <laughs> Mr. Good Bar is a Hershey's <laughs> product, right? Yeah, I believe it is. So, all in all, not bad. Um, so think about the, uh, three different things that we had today. Now, much like the, um, world famous restaurant awards that are, uh, run by a tire company, not Goodyear. Um, we have a scale of one to three stars and, um, you can rate accordingly. So how would you rate the each individual item and would you give uh, an overall so i guess you don't have to give an overall score we can just average that out ourselves but um how would you rate each individual item well we'll start with the first item the drink um you know what i'm not really a soda drinker but this stuff is really good i'm giving it three stars maybe that's the rum talking but i'm going for the full three because i'm feeling wow generous. okay that was a lot more enjoyable than i thought it was going to be and i think i had very lowered expectations for that um but uh I really like okay, it. Okay, wow. That's uh, generous right off the bat. And now how about the Cool Ranch Doritos? 
We're going to go down a step. Not in love with them. Tempted to give them one star, but there was something about the salt and the crunch that made it enjoyable. So I'll say uh, two, maybe one and a half. Can we do one and a half? Is that a thing that we do with We can do one and a half. Yes, we can. We'll do one and a half. Okay, and then the Hershey's Gold Peanuts and Pretzels Caramelized Cream. Definitely going for the one star on that one. That was a big disappointment. Okay. Not the best thing to end on. Sorry. No, not, don't worry about it. I have my, my Hershey memories are still unscathed. I take them with me still. <laughs> so for myself, I think the um, Haritos, I'm going to give it a two and a half stars. Um, better than I expected and, and quite good. And I think two and a half is a very respectable score. Um, I'd save you know, three stars, I think, for something that uh, was so delicious that I couldn't just put it down. And this, I I, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would, but um, I'm going to stick at, at 2.5. Uh, the Doritos, as I said to you earlier, um, I could mindlessly eat them, but that's not the highest endorsement. Uh, I'm going to give that yeah. a, a two star. And um, the Hershey's, much like you, I... I uh, disappointed. I, I wanted to like it because I like the idea of the, the caramelized cream and um, that flavor profile, caramel and, and butterscotch and, and things of that nature, dulce de leche. Um, it didn't quite make the mark for me. And so it um, it was mostly sweet with a little bit of saltiness and, and just a slight kind of tinge of brown sugar. But I feel like maybe they uh, were a little timid with the flavor and maybe it needed to be caramelized a little further or something. Um, so that one, I'm going to give a one and a half to. Yeah, good choice, I think. First new bar in 22 years. Yeah, huh? and this is the one they came out with, so I don't know. Was the old one that cookies and cream white chocolate one? Where that coming out about 22 yeah, years? Yeah, you know, you're probably right. I mean, they've bought a whole bunch of different food companies in the meantime, but in terms of launching a new product, I think that probably was the last uh, thing that they released. Hmm. Well... This is a step down from that. Not that that was great, but I seem to remember enjoying that a little better than I enjoyed okay. this. Well, guys, I uh, hope you enjoyed our inaugural episode. You can reach us on Twitter at JunkFoodiesPod. And if you want to send in an email with uh, your thoughts on these items or any food suggestions or combinations that you think might go well together, we just kind of did a mismatch today. Uh, there was really no rhyme or reason to, um, I guess you could say all these items have a Mexican connection. There's Haritos, which is from Mexico, Doritos, which is pretending to be Mexican, and Hershey's, which is <laughs> pretending to be American, but made in Mexico. Uh, Look at that. We got a theme. We didn't even find uh, You can email us at junkfoodiespod at gmail.com. Please do. We'd love to hear your comments. And uh, with that, if you've got nothing else, Sam, I think uh, we can bid adieu. All right. Thanks for inviting me on and letting me be your inaugural guest. I feel welcome and honored. Absolutely. Anytime, brother. It was great talking to you. Thanks for your patience with all this. And uh, we'll talk to you next time. Cheers. Have yeah. a good night.